From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. This month, the Rural Doctors Association of Australia welcomed their new president, Dr Megan Bellow. As a rural generalist doctor working in rural Victoria, she's taking over the post from Dr John Hall, who has just finished up his two-year term in the role. This episode, we're joined by Dr Bellow to hear about her work in the bush and her goals for her time as president. Welcome to the tea room, Megan. Thanks for having me. So for those who don't know you very well, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your work? Yeah, um, so I'm a rural generalist um, with advanced skills in anaesthetics and I work over three districts. Um, I do all my GP work in Kerrang um, in Victoria and I also do anaesthetic and VMO work at both uh, Echuca Regional Health and Kahuna District Hospital um, and I really love the mixture of work that I get to do. And you're also a fellow, I noticed, of both the RACGP and ACRAM, and now you're the RDA president. So you're clearly well across um, all areas of rural generalism and general practice. What are your goals for the next two years as RDA president? Yeah, definitely to progress. um, The National Rural Generalist Program is extremely high priority. Um, We really need to be training more rural generalists Um, for our smaller rural hospitals and to see that program rolled out nationally would be fantastic and to make sure that the program is not only robust and goes forward that but that the doctors are remunerated and have amazing jobs to go to um, at the end of their training. And for yourself you know what does your typical day or week look like and how do you split your time in general practice at the moment? Yeah, so I've got a little toddler. Yeah, he's two years old, so I technically work part-time, but if my husband was listening to this right now, he'd laugh. Um, So I try to uh, do one day a week GP, and then I do my anaesthetics on top. So that's very variable. Um, It depends on the lists that are given, but I try to do a minimum of one day a week anaesthetics. Um, Sometimes that's two or three, and then I have my on-call commitments on top, which um, generally brings more work. So I'm on-call virtually 24-7 for Kahuna uh, for the anaesthetics, although that is, you know, you don't get called in very often for that job and then I also have to be on call for a chuka at least um, four times a month and obviously then I can't be on call at Kahuna then Uh, but that's a lot more high acuity work Um, you're more likely to get called in um, for either admissions or for um, anaesthetic emergencies in the middle of the night. And where you are at the moment is it a region also affected by a shortage of uh, rural generalists and GPs wanting to come work in the area? Yeah, look, I think there is a shortage across the board, uh, definitely where I work. I mean, we're still quite lucky in Echuca. We do have quite a few doctors in Echuca, but realistically, um, our regions are growing. And so there's always a demand uh, for more rural doctors and more healthcare professionals. Um, So I I kind of feel like the pressure's on regardless of where you work, but definitely in Kerrang, we need more GPs. And I'm sure that there's a few things looking at, you know, Dr. John Hall, his last two years in the role, that he's probably left as a big, bit of a legacy. What are the main things that you'll continue to try and focus on from the previous two years? 
Oh, look, I think John has done an amazing job. Um, he's really worked extremely hard. Um, I think more so than any other RDAA president in the past, um, especially in the current circumstances of uh, COVID and the bushfires and the floods prior to that. Um, and also he's had to do all the hard work without the fun of getting to meet people at conferences and doing that kind of um, networking. Um, so, yeah, he's really done it quite hard in my opinion. And I think he's really progressed um, our communication with the government. Um, you know, RDAA have been asked um, for our opinion on multiple things, not only by the Department of Health, but also from the ministers federally, which is fantastic. And I really think that um, there has been progression of um, the Rural Generalist Program and the workforce shortages and... Yeah, that's the stuff we've got to keep keep pushing and get get it done. And I'm sure that, as you're well aware, recruitment continues to be one of the biggest issues for both general practice and rural generalism, particularly in you know quite remote areas. What changes do you think are necessary in this space? I think that there needs to be quite a few changes across the board, and I think that. It needs to be changes on all all facets, really. I think everyone involved in, you know, recruiting a doctor to an area, including the doctor themselves, um, I think that there just needs to be a little bit of a, um, I guess, change in um, maybe attitudes or, or the way that... I think culture has a lot to do with it. So a lot of the junior doctors that are coming through are a lot more um, keen to have a work-life balance. Um, They're keen to still provide um, services to a rural community. But I think the attitude of one doctor doing everything for a community, you know, has to go. And that, you know, we really need to look at getting a couple of doctors together to pro- provide that same service or probably a better service, to be honest, um, for that community. So rather than expecting one or two doctors to carry the burden, I think we need, really need to look at, you know, communities recruiting four doctors or, you know, a group of doctors to get the work done. I think that cultural shift needs to definitely happen. And is that more about having the support so that you can not only, you know, be a doctor in the day, but you can actually have a life outside of medicine as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, even in any workforce, I think that there are cultural shifts, but also I just feel like in rural medicine that, yes, I mean, you really do have to have that work-life balance to be able to sustain it long-term um, because because on-call can be so um, very busy and draining. It's really important that you get your downtime and I think that the model would be more sustainable if you had a group of doctors to do it rather than expect the um, the doctor of, of the past, um, you know, that did everything 24-7, gave up everything. Um, it's just not a reality anymore. And I don't think it should be. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And yep. something that has been discussed lately is this idea that there's also a lot of doctors who 
they want to go and do medicine in the bush, but they might not be interested in practice ownership. And often it's sold as, you know, one and the same that, you know, if you go bush, you might also have to own a business to set up shop there. What are kind of the models being looked at at the moment in terms of being able to offer people, you know, a, a place in rural towns without them having to take on all of the burden of running an operational general practice at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, and I fully acknowledge uh, what you're saying, that, yeah, there are definitely um, the doctors coming through not necessarily wanting to set up a practice or take on a practice um, because, they're, you know, it's hard work. There's a lot to it. Um, and it's not always viable too. That's also something to note. Um, so I think we are looking at new models, most definitely. Um, there's talk around the single employer model, especially for registrars um, in their training capacity, um, that they may be able to um, you know, access the same sort of leave entitlements that they would if they were still stayed in the hospital sector. There has been a lot of discussion around that. And personally, it's something that would be good to be seen happen um, because I think that will help um, more junior doctors feel like that they could have their training and still get those leave um, entitlements. And also, I think that, yeah, it's really probably looking at preserving the practices that are already in our small rural towns and making them culturally appropriate for the junior doctors to come and stay and making sure that it's a great environment to work in and that the the mentality that oh that's the way we've always done it isn't necessarily what's carried forward and that new models are looked at and that um, things have changed for our junior doctors. So often when you come into a role of being president of an organisation like the RDA, people often spend time asking what you're going to do for the profession. But I was going to ask, yep. in the next two years, what do you hope to take away from your time and learn or explore a little bit further for yourself? Yeah, um, look, I would really love to try and maintain that work-life balance. Um, <laughs> Uh, really looking forward to meeting and learning from um, my rural colleagues and how we can progress things further. So I'm really keen to learn more about, you know, how everything works in the different states. Um, I, I do have some, you know, obviously got some understanding of how it all works, but just to get those really integral details, I think is going to be really important. And I think really just um, progressing and getting on with the job Um yeah, it's just more about trying to push our main goals and make sure that they come into fruition. I was going to ask what you find the most enjoyable part of your work in rural generalism. I love the variety. Yeah, I feel extremely lucky um, with the job that I have. Um, I feel like I have the best of, you know, all worlds, really. Um, the practice where I work in Kerrang is amazing. And I feel like I'm treated like a queen. Um, And, yeah, so I feel extremely lucky. And then just to, um, yeah, to be able to do my anaesthetics uh, a couple of days a week is, it's fantastic. I really love the the difference um, because, you know, I do have to take my hat off to those GPs that do 
you know, five days a week, full-time GP. That is something actually that I can't do and I've acknowledged that for myself. Um, I need the variety and I need the actual procedural work as well to feel like I can give my all to my GP practice, my GP patients when I do see them um, because it's something that I can't do full-time. It's actually an extremely hard job. So, yeah, I just wanted to shout out to the rural GPs that, you know, are in their practices five days a week, you're doing an amazing job. Megan, thank you so much for your time and look forward to seeing what you get done in the next two years. Thank you very much. The Tea Room is brought to you by the reporters at the Medical Republic. Production assistance, the music and artwork for the show is produced by Victoria Nelson. Catch you next time.